The Articulate Coven is the original, unofficial podcast and fan community for Anne Rice's Interview with the Vampire and Anne Rice's Immortal Universe from AMC and AMC+. Welcome to the Articulate Coven. We are your hosts, Joel Sharpton and Ashley Wright Eiler. And uh, we are here to discuss the uh, ongoing series, The Vampire Chronicles from Anne Rice. We are the unofficial podcast and fan community for Anne Rice's Vampire Chronicles, The Vampire Lestat, and the forthcoming TV series. Ashley, there's going to be a TV show. I'm so excited. It's everything that 12 year old Ashley dreamed of. Right, like it really is. It really is an amazing time. I so first of all, let me give you an overview of what we're going to do here. We are going to talk about the TV show when it finally gets here, but we don't know how long that's going to be. Um, you know, Christopher Rice and Anne Rice are working on sort of the Bible for the series now. They're beginning to shop it out to networks, and we hope to hear news soon. But we don't know how long it's going to take. So between here and there, we're going to cover the rest of the series as well. We're going to talk about the books that have been written so far, both in the Vampire Chronicles. I think there's some other books from Anne Rice that were both interested in discussing at some point and then we're also going to cover the movies that have existed so far uh interview with the vampire and the not so wonderful queen of the damned although we have some uh, (laughs) rabid fans of queen of the damned for one reason or another uh i don't understand them but we will discuss their points of view as well when we cover that movie eventually um but today the first thing that i wanted to do ashley before we even get to the news about why this podcast has started uh and and i will say we are proudly still the only podcast based on Anne Rice or the Vampire Lestat or the Vampire Chronicles in uh, iTunes. So uh, yay for us, Bully. Uh, share us with your Anne Rice loving friends. Please and thank Ashley, you. I would love to hear your story about how you first found Anne and in particular how you first found Lestat. Well, we or are, Lestat, uh, I should say. I've been dressed down already twice. This is our first <laughs> real episode and I've been dressed down twice for, for saying Lestat. It's Lestat. I'm sorry. I'm Southern. I know, and I say Lestat, too, so we're going to probably get lots of emails about that. We'll just have to retrain our brains. Um, yeah, you know, I remember horror is a huge was a huge genre in my household. Um, my father was a huge fan of, of horror, and, and of Stephen King most particularly. And um, when I was about 12, that's when I finally got to kind of break into those books, and I was it was really exciting. And I remember my mom had a copy. I don't remember how old I was, but I remember my mom had a copy of The Witch hour and it was just sitting there looming on the shelf like this giant tome and I was so like so into wanting to read it and I remember asking to read that and being given a copy of Interview with the Vampire instead which was a very good place to start Um, and I loved that book and I just you know and going back and rereading it recently because I hadn't reread it in a very long time um the visuals of those stories and that's around the same time that we started taking like family vacations down to New Orleans and stuff when I was a kid and and so like I would like troll the streets of the French Quarter and try to figure out where Lestat and and Louis and Claudia were having their adventures in New Orleans I just and totally of course over romanticized Anne Rice completely I'm sure in my head but I still I still feel that same way going back and rereading you know what I mean it's like I can almost I remember feeling all that excitement and 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 feeling it again going back and rereading is was a really cool feeling I didn't expect in my you know 37 year old brain now but the characters are amazing you know I think that's something I love about 
Stephen King as well and love about Anne Rice is that she creates and paints these beautiful these beautiful characters that you can't help but kind of fall in love with flawed though they are and then you start with this book and you get this introduction to Louis and you think you almost think that that's who the stories are going to continue to be about and then you know and then you find out the real storyteller is is Lestat so so that's interesting that you did come to interview first I I backed into the series so oh excellent you grew up as a horror fan. Yeah. I did not. I, I don't like things that go bump in the night, except I did find uh, around you know 10 to 12 years old, I found that I had a real taste for books that were written from the point of view of the monster. Yes. Uh, not, I, I don't like books about monsters. I like books written by monsters, I guess. you know, I like the ones where it's inside their head and you sort of see the struggle with nature uh, versus morality or like what is morality and you can see a different, uh, um, you know, entire view on society maybe. That was always very appealing to me. And in particular, the series that had sort of um, overwhelmed me was uh, The Last Vampire by Christopher Pike. He'd written a bunch of young adult novels, but The Last yes! Vampire, I think there's, there's like six books in the series. You've read those too? Or some of them? Some of them, yeah. Some of okay. them. Christopher they Pike, get, I totally They get crazy at the Pike. end, but like they bring in, you know, like Krishna and uh, Hindu uh, religion and mythology. They bring in, they tie in a, a lot of other world mythologies eventually as well. Uh, the modern story is set in the very modern day. I mean, you know, the, the main character character uh, who I can't remember her name now but she's a female vampire and she is you know she's a lot like Lestat she drives a sports car she wears fancy clothes she likes the finer things etc uh, she likes technology even I seem to remember she likes cell phones and things like that and this was at the very beginning of of mobile phones so anyway it, I love that series and I had been reading it for quite some time I was four or five into that I guess and I was spending the summer with my aunt and while she was at work I happened to be sort of thumbing through her library and I picked up a copy of the tale of the body thief actually oh and the yes o- opening of that book uh if you're not familiar but for most of the vampire chronicles actually begin in a similar way lestat has a prologue and he sort of tells you the story so far and explains a bit about who he is and then um and then dives into the tale that he's actually ready to lay out and uh, the tale of the body thief in particular has a great one because he gets to summarize in you know 14 pages or so um, the entire story of both his uh, now immortal life, his battle with the queen of the vampires, uh, the, the, the the finish of her, and, and the way that that all resolved at the end of The Queen of the Damned, and now the fact that he is effectively truly immortal, not even the sun can harm him, et cetera, et cetera. That's how he starts that book. And and it was so amazing to me. The His voice in particular was so powerful. I thought, I've got to find out more about this. And so when my aunt came home that day, I was like, who is this vampire and where are the rest of his books? Like, what's the deal? So she explained to me, you start with the interview with the vampire. And she said, you really should start there because otherwise I don't think you're going to, I think you're going to miss out on the character of Louis in particular. I was like, okay, sure. So I waited, I got back home and I tried to borrow it from the library. They wouldn't let me because I had a child's card and it was an adult <laughs> book. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so I had to get my mother to borrow it for me. And then after that, we got my own, that was the impetus for me to get my adult card. I wasn't even 13 yet, but we got approval or whatever. And I got my own adult card. I, I ran through the series and then I read them again as I started, you know, buying them from bookstores and everything. And, and, and from then on, I've been a massive Anne Rice fan. I was there day one to pick up, Mimnock the Devil and every book since then I think I've either been day one or day two uh, to buy and try to shove into my 
head. I love her writing in particular. I love the character of Lestat maybe more than any fictional character I think I've ever read. And so when the news came out that there was going to finally be a television series to tell this story properly, I immediately said, I can't let somebody else make a podcast about that. I have right. to do this. <laughs> and so, uh, so I reached out to you. So let's talk a little bit about how we know each other. We, we went to college together. It's true. It's true. Many, many moons ago. Or many just last week, ago. as it feels like sometimes. Yeah, yeah. well, we're, we're both babies. We're 25-ish or so, I think, yes. basically. Both of yes. us. Yeah, that's pretty And I'm a little right. older so, than you, so 27. Yeah, like 27 maybe yeah. at the most. Um, feels but good. So, so I'm now in the... I've, I've been in the radio industry for the, the, the yada yada how many years between here and there. And uh, you uh, are now uh, into the uh, improv space, among other things. Uh, let's true. talk a little bit about what you're doing these days. It's true. It's true. I'm an um, improv improviser, improv comedian with um, Improv Little Rock, which is an awesome group out of Little Rock, Arkansas, where I live. Uh, We've been kicking in our in some form or another for 11 years now, which is freaking crazy. Um, And improv is something I never thought that I would ever in a thousand years do, number one, because I didn't really fancy myself funny. I think I used to take myself much, much too seriously. Um, But I freaking love it. And flying without a net is was is terrifying to me but with improv because it's such a team sport it's amazing um i've just recently started doing some stand-up as well which if you really want to delve into something horrifying and 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 yeah completely terrifying and filled with self-doubt then i highly recommend do a little stand-up you know feel terrible about yourself occasionally but it's really fun i love it you know like my nine to five pays the bills and then the things i do on the side keep me happy and sane it's good stuff. That is that is exactly the way to do it. I think that's the story of the modern artist, uh, Ashley. So what we're going to do on this show is, at least in the uh, near future, we're going to try to have episodes out at least monthly. If news really ramps up about the production of the TV show, we may make that uh, every other week. And then ideally, when the show comes out, we'll be at least once a week with episodes for you to cover the show and uh, bring your feedback. You can join our community, by the way. We're on Facebook, uh, and we've got a great group going there already. We'd love to have you and all of your Anne, Love, uh, Anne Rice-loving friends uh, join the Articulate Coven on Facebook. Search for Articulate Coven and you can find the group. It is a closed group, but um, as long as you're not a uh, spammer or a Ray-Ban salesman, we will add you very swiftly there <laughs> and get you into the conversation. Um, so, Ashley, I thought real quick, why don't I, I'm going to read the statement, or at least read most of the statement, the original statement from Anne and Christopher about exactly what's happened, and then we'll so, sort of start breaking it down from there. Okay, and, perfect. Um, maybe at the end we'll get to a little bit of speculation about what this series might could be. Uh, Anne here posting the original announcement of the TV series for those who might have missed it. From November 26, this came out from Anne's um, people. The theatrical rights to the Vampire Chronicles are once again in my hands, free and clear. I could not be more excited about this. A television series of the highest quality is now my dream for Lestat, Louis, Armand, Marius, and the entire tribe. In this, the new golden age of television, such a series is the way to let the entire story of the vampires unfold. My son Christopher Rice and I will be developing a pilot script and a detailed outline for an open-ended series, faithfully presenting Lestat's story as it is told in the books, complete with the many situations that readers expect to see. We will likely begin with the vampire Lestat and move on from there. When we sit down finally to talk to producers, we will have a fully realized vision of this project with Christopher 
as the executive producer at the helm. I will also be an executive producer all the way. Again, I cannot tell you how happy it makes me to be able to announce this. As many of you know, Universal Studios and Imagine Entertainment had optioned the series to develop motion pictures from it, and though we had the pleasure of working with many fine people in connection with this plan, it did not work out. It is, more than ever, abundantly clear that television is where the vampires belong. Over the years, you have all told me how much you want to see a Game of Thrones-style faithful rendering of this material and how much you want for the series to remain in my control. Well, I have heard you. I have always heard you. What you want is what I want. You, the readers, made these books a success before any movie was ever made based on them, and I will never forget that fact. Christopher and I will be posting many questions on the page for your input in the days to come. I am filled with optimism this morning about the future for my beloved Brat Prince. What better way to start a tour for the new book? Again, this was posted near the end of November. Since then, this page has been set up for comments and feedback. You can follow uh, Anne and Christopher, by the way. They've set up a Facebook page, The Vampire Chronicles. That's specifically for uh, the book series, the movie series, or excuse me, the TV series now, and uh, sort of everything in between. That's the home for all of their information, I think, going forward. And they've put a ton of, of great uh, comments and info. Christopher's been posting uh, you know, neat little things there. Um, it's a good place to follow if you're interested, as we are in addition to the Articulate Coven fan community. All right, so when you heard the news, Ashley, what did you think first? Oh, my God. Yes. And I think, <laughs> I mean, I am such a huge fan of what cable television has done for the television has done for the television industry. I mean, it's incredible what what kind of work is being done on TV these days. I mean, I think that a lot of actors really feel like, you know, and that's that's our background, obviously. And I think that's something that, a lot of actors are so excited about that movies are not where it's at. And with a story like this, that's so epic, that's told through so many different books and over literally, I mean, like the time that passes through the course of these books, like movies, that's the, there's, there's a reason why Queen of the Dam didn't really work as a film. And it's just, there's too much to cram into two, two and a half hours. I mean, every fan is going to want more than what, a, what, a movie is going to be able to provide and I think with the level that artistically television has taken it up to lately really really excites me for this project and I love Anne I think she's amazing I've always thought she, like her as a woman she's just freaking incredible I love that she has she has the rights again you know that she's in control um, because I think she, it's I, I hope she doesn't get too precious with it that's my only fear is that I think that she loves particularly the start so much I, I worry about that because I've seen you know I've seen Stephen King kind of get himself into into issues with his with his adaptations before but for the most part I'm completely excited and thrilled um, I love how accessible she makes herself to her fans that's something I've always loved and the fact that she's you know inviting an open open to feedback from her fans right now as they're in the process of like figuring it out and I like that she's working with Chris I'm really excited she and Christopher are working together on this I think it's going to be amazing well you know I think about so I do have concerns I've got a few concerns like you I'm a little worried about um, in particular how tightly she holds to her creation and whether or not there will be a network that can find a, a good balance, you know, to help her because she and Christopher, neither one have experience in the world of television, you know? And so right. I do wonder, and I worry, are they, are they going to be overlooking something and not see, well, that precise thing is not possible, but we can do this thing, which will actually be better in the translation to television. Um, so anyway, I'm hopeful they'll find some good partners there and then trust those partners. Exactly. The other thing, 
that I'm slightly worried about. And I mean, you know, there's been good reaction to the last couple of Prince Lestat books, Prince Lestat and then Prince Lestat and the Realms, Realms of Atlantis. So I, I, I think that the audience is there. But I do worry, have, have they sort of missed their time and their window? I know how important we think Lestat is and these Vampire Chronicles are. I know how important Anne and Christopher think they are. I worry that... The bigger players, who I, I think it's clear she's she's hinted, you know, it's an HBO or a Netflix. That's what she's really hoping for. And I think that's what we're all sort of hoping for. Absolutely. FX, FX could offer a really good product, I think, in the end. AMC has AMC, proved that yeah. they, yeah, they're capable of, of producing quality television. But ideally, you know, an HBO or a Netflix would allow the episode, you, know, you effectively have no time limits. <laughs> you know, you, it could right. be anything from, you know, 42 minutes to an hour and 42 if you need it to for each individual episode. We know the budgets are there for both of those networks and they're willing to spend because they've got a long-term view of the product. Uh, and those would be real partnerships that could eventually blossom not only into lots and lots of seasons of this show, but perhaps eventually a Mayfair project or, uh, you know, Ramsey's the Damned project or whatever. So there, she's got so many characters and so many stories to tell. I'm hoping that she can I'm hopeful that there are executives that feel the way about her and her work that we do that's what I hope I agree with that I think something that's really great about her work though and something that in going back and doing this like epic reread that I've kind of started is that they are so freaking timeless you know what I mean like I I'm transported back to how I felt when I read them the first time but I think that anyone that picks up these books be it you know 2017 or 1990 for, you know, it doesn't really matter. The characters and the stories are so timeless that it, it, I think that she'll find, she'll re-expand and find her audience. You know, I think that, I think that she missed, definitely missed, we missed the heyday of like the, the mid to late nineties when, when interview was made and, and it was such a great success. Um, But I, I don't know. I feel like it can come back around and be just as huge, if not, if not huger, (laughs) <laughs> well, if and if you look at what happened with the Game of Thrones series after it came onto HBO, I mean, obviously that brought it to a whole new level of fandom and a, a whole new level of readership, even back to back to the books. And I think that would absolutely be the case, or will absolutely be the case when this series finally gets uh, you know up and rolling. One of the reasons why we wanted to start the podcast, I think there's a great opportunity there. I think people are going to be hungry to find out more about the material, to find out more about these characters, and then to talk about the ongoing storylines that are presented so uh, that's what we're here for um all right let's talk a little bit about speculation where where do you think you know she said there in that conversation that she's planning on starting or they're planning on starting with the vampire lestat i think that's a good call you tell the story of lestat you can then frame the story of louis inside that but otherwise you start off with the main character of your series that you want to go for seven or eight or you know ten years or something um He's a real bastard in Interview with a Vampire. You oh, know? totally, totally. And and very, uh, what's a, simple, you know, like Louis. Yes, dumb. Absolutely. Through Louis's eyes, he's so simple and so like, it's, it's it's all selfish. I mean, which he is very selfish regardless. I mean, but through Louis's eyes, he's very simple. And it's so funny to me that that, I, that character is not simple at all. There's so much depth to him. But, but you literally can, I mean, Interview is told in 
the vampire Lestat. You know, he tells his story. He tells it from his perspective, which is another thing I think is kind of cool. And I love the idea of them playing with perspective with the show. Um, I hope that they do that a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm doing a podcast with my brother right now we're talking about lost and um how you're gonna see that plane crash from like six different perspectives in the first like three episodes and i love the idea of maybe within the storytelling of of this telling the same story from different perspectives because we see that with with marius and we see that with with lestat we see that with with louis they all have the same experiences they have the same experiences together but they see them in very different ways and and depending on where they are in their life being alive for millennia being alive for you know 20 plus years their perspective on it is very very different so one of the things that Christopher and Anne have asked on the Vampire Chronicles Facebook page, I, I mentioned earlier that they were going to be asking questions, and they have asked a lot. One of the things was, what do you think about the idea of uh, um, an overall narrator, a, a voiceover for the series, sort of? And we discussed that in our community, too. I think it's a very, very fine line to walk. There are films with narration and, and an overall voiceover that work very well. There are television series that have been done that way that work pretty well. It, it is also a real ham-fisted tool at times. I do see, though, the opportunity to frame certain sections of the show, maybe even entire episodes, as here is Marius sitting down to tell Lestat the story of his life or a piece of that story, you know, and right. literally that voiceover begins and you hear Marius for a while tell the story and then you mostly see it play out and then perhaps he, you know, uh, offers a little direction or a little context and then you go right back into the story. So I could see some voiceover in that way and very much with interview. I would love once we get to that part of the story. So, and I'm thinking that's at least the beginning of the second season, if not uh, later. But when you get to that story, it would be interesting if you maybe even got dueling voices almost as if oh, both yeah. Louis and Lestat were sort of, Louis would say something and the Lestat would cut in to correct it for him, you know, right. or vice versa. If Louis, if Lestat was telling you, well, you know, Louis would have you believe X and Y and Z, but truthfully it was this, you know, I think that could be very compelling and very original and interesting, unique almost in television, especially in the genre, but at the same time, not take it too far into a, a shortcut for good acting. You know, I mean, we ought to be able to tell the inner story of the characters without <laughs> literally having it in c- close captioning, you know? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that I, I, I worry narr- narrative narration is such, and I, and I guess mainly I think of it in terms of like theatrical production where to me it is like the laziest storytelling trope you can touch, you know, like in, in, I worry it would it would feel that way, but I think if it's done correctly, and I think that you know, and you hit on some really cool ways to 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 handle it, it could be it could be great. Um, there's so much going on inside these characters' heads, and I know she won't want to abandon that. You know what I mean? But if it's cast well, like that subtext, you know, like that should all they should be able to make a lot of that come across. I, I'm really interested too in like the timeline, like how much is going to be. Like where are we? Where are we sitting in time with Lestat? You know, and is it is this going to be? Are we sitting in, in present day with him, or are we going to go through this journey with him at some point? You know, like is it flashbacks and flash forwards? I, I'm just I'm really interested in the time of it. 
Well, okay, so I was going to transition into characters for a minute and, and maybe talk about a little casting, but you brought that up. I want to go th- right there for a second. Let's talk <laughs> about time. Are you going to put the modern day portions of the Vampire Lestat storyline, are you going to set it in the, you know, the early 80s? Is it going to be, is he going to be a period rock star? Is he going to be a rock star period? You know, you know both of those things I want to I want to know the answer to. Is See, he going to be a rock star at all? Loud, it sounds really cheesy when you say it out loud like that well and think about it's not gonna be a rock star it sounds so silly but I remember like I haven't done that reread yet but I remember buying into that storyline really you know really hard when I read it the first time (laughs) well okay so and again in in the book I think it works so perfectly because we can all translate it to whatever music speaks to our souls you know what I mean and we had this conversation on our Facebook group as well because for me anything short of effectively like Robert Plant you know is gonna (laughs) fall uh fall short or or and I realized this today I would settle for Ted Neely from the original film production of Jesus Christ Superstar. If we got Ted Neely to move forward in time and sing the part of Lestat, I'd be okay. Not Ted Neely today. I love him, but he's not up for it anymore. I said so, so, but you're not going to please everybody, I think. And when you actually put it into music, I mean, think about any, I'm trying to think about even, okay, here's something that was done pretty well. You look at the Lord of the Rings films and the Hobbit movies, all right? They took a lot of uh, music that was never actually music and then translated that into songs. Absolutely. And I think overall, they did about as good a job as you could possibly imagine. And yet, it's not what you heard when you read The Hobbit when you're 11. You know, right. It's not what you heard when you read Lord of the Rings when you're in college, wasting time skipping history classes, you know, <laughs> so maybe smoking some uh, 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 elven. Uh, uh, no, not elven herb. Uh, uh, Hobbit weed. There yes, you go. East anyway, farthing. East farthing. That, that halfling, that halfling <laughs> weed. Yeah. So what I'm saying is I worry that anything once you actualize it, once you make it real, you're going to lessen it. You're going to, by its very nature, you're going to make it less than. Whereas there are other ways to tell the story of Lestat coming public and calling out you know, the elders, so to speak. There are other ways to do that. What if he was a podcaster, for Well, instance? yeah, I was going to say in this day and age, too, like with with social media and, and the reach, the reach that you can actually have is so What if he became greater. Gary Vaynerchuk? You know, he's, he's Gary V effectively doing <laughs> Lestat five-minute videos every morning, you know, where he's laying out the... And he, I mean, again, like you could do Ted it very much for YouTube. You could do it. Exactly, exactly. He could become a celebrity proposing to explain to society that vampires are real. He could still do that without the rock star element. And I and I do worry that if you go with it, you're going to end up with corn. <laughs> yeah, much. no, I kind of I kind of agree. I kind of agree with that. And 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 also I think that yeah, no, it's just it could come across real real bad. Like it, real cheesy, really not as cool as it was when I read it. You know what I mean? And I think that especially timing wise like what even type of music would if you wanted to keep it current current day like what there's no type of music right now that really (laughs) inspires me to that level I don't know like I'm not really so into pop music and that's like probably what has the farthest reach these days I just can't imagine Lestat being like 
I don't Maroon know, Five, One Direction, or <laughs> Maroon Five. Yeah, no, it just doesn't feel right. <laughs> Singing Sugar. Twenty One Pilots. I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't see it. But uh, but at the same time, like uh you again okay so let's take it back and make it period let's set that period that let's set that part of the story in the 80s but then but then what he's you know like a bad imitation of david bowie or something you know like right. late bowie that's not i don't so anyway i i worry about that part of the story i think though there is so much good drama to be had and there are so many angles that you can take on that i don't think she has to stray very far from or they the team has to stray very far from the basic ideas and concepts to make it both believable and engaging and entertaining and not, you know, take you out of it by thinking, well, that's not really great rock music. I mean, you know, the other alternative is, and you see this, you make a movie about a comedian and they never actually tell any jokes. You know, you just like hear the audience laughing to the thing that you don't hear. Like, I don't want that to happen either. (laughs) So you, it's, it's a very, like the time I was in a play about Abraham Lincoln and Abraham Lincoln wasn't in the play. Yes, or, it was or terrible. I mean, the, the the one that comes to mind for me is uh, Studio sixty on the Sunset Strip, which was a great show. But the whole concept of the show is that it's the funniest sketch show of all time, and they almost never showed any any sketches. And when they did, they weren't funny. Right. So, like that's you don't want that. You don't want that. So that's my one big concern as far as timeline goes. I do think, though, you know, how compelling will it be to like open on Lestat? Or Lestat going to kill the wolves, you know. I mean, and it's and the snow is blowing, and it's this beautiful French countryside, remote, uh, you know, this struggling boy and this life or death. I mean, like, I think you can make such a compelling opening, and it has it doesn't even have to do anything with the supernatural for episodes. You know, you oh, could go yeah, for sure. just a story about his life as a boy in France for several episodes before you ever even really bring in Magnus or anything else. So, I, I think. You don't need the rock star angle, and it's possible that it could derail the whole damn thing. So Agreed. I would I would just say please be careful there, uh, Anne yes. and, and Christopher. Tread lightly. Let's go to casting for a minute before we wrap up here for this episode. Do okay. you have any any names that come to mind? Matt, is it Bomer, I believe, is the handsome man that uh, everyone keeps mentioning for Lestat. Uh, not not for Lestat, for Louis. Um, but oh. other than that, I have not. I mean, I know Anne has mentioned him in the past. Uh, that that's one of her uh, handsome young fellows who uh, does pretty good in a period piece. I yes. could see him. I've seen photos of him. I could see that just fine. I truthfully am a wide open book. What I want is good actors. I just want good actors, and then costuming and makeup will take care of any issues I have as far as looks. I feel like. Yeah, one hundred percent. I agree with that, and I am not messed up about them going out and finding brand new, fantastic people I don't know anything about. You know, I love, I love that unknown element. You know, I, I don't want to have it sullied by you know the fact that this dude played you know Superman two reboots ago or something. You know what I mean? Like, I love yes. that. I, I think that that's something that helped so much with with the force awakens for me it was that it was a really pure cast i hadn't really seen in a lot of things before so i really kind of hope that they go in that direction and try to find some new fabulous blood because whoever does this i mean this is going to be you know if it's done well and it and it catches the way it should this is going to be a really defining role for for some very lucky actor 
Well, and it, for a lot of very lucky yeah. actors, I mean, let's be honest, there are some really, really choice roles. I think about Gabrielle, uh, you know, Lestat's mother. I think about Louis, who is a, an ongoing, you know, he's effectively a series-long role after maybe the first or second season. Absolutely. Uh, some, someone like Armand, who gets to play God. a real villain early, and then, uh, you know, the leader of the pack in many ways later in the series. Like, that's really uh, outstanding. And then... You think of Marius, who comes in like such an overarching, um, you know, leader for the tribe, and yet also this like fount of knowledge and mystery. Uh, and he's got a compelling backstory. You know, there's a, he's got his own book for goodness sake. So yes. I, I think there's so many of those characters that could could re- totally run a season on their own, you know, effectively as the main character. And that has the potential to launch a whole bunch of careers or to revitalize a lot of careers. The other cool thing is that the vast majority of the characters, you can effectively cast, you know, let's say uh, somebody from their early 20s to their early 40s, and they would probably be fine playing the role for 10 to 15 years. That's exactly <laughs> you know? what I was just about to say. Like, that's the thing that, you know, and I think with, with like, with, Armand because he's actually what is he like 15 yeah and in the books I think he's even 14 or 15 years old when Marius turns him so like you need a very you know boyish actor there yeah but at the same time much like with Claudia like I think they will have to obviously you can't cast a 15 year old for the role uh and and likewise for Claudia you can't cast a six-year-old for yeah, the role it would, or whatever it, Claudia is in the books yeah it'd be super creepy like I think that that's something that with Game of Thrones they did a really good job of aging the characters up enough that makes the <laughs> sexual relationships more comfortable <laughs> if you get yeah. you know what I mean like I think that and I think that with Claudia, At the same time, though, like you, you never feel you never feel like uh, Rob, for instance, in Game of Thrones is old enough to have all this responsibility. No, yes, no, 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 yeah. You know, he he's not a child exactly. He's a total freaking idiot. But yet, clearly, he's yes, he's young still, yeah. too young to take on all of these roles. And, he's and I think screw the same up. could be true for these <laughs> vampire actors, exactly. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think that that's something that um, there's a certain level of aging up they'll have to do with with probably. With, pretty much just with Armand and with Claudia, but they did it well in the movie. It didn't, never bothered me. And of course, I mean, hello, Antonio Banderas when I was in high school, so it doesn't really matter, but um, it didn't bother me that they aged up Armand in the film at all. But I mean, again, Antonio Banderas, so I guess. Yeah, I I would like, I would at least like the actor to be, to, to look you know, younger or fresh faced, more fresh faced than Lestat and and Louis, especially because if you're going to and and Anne has sort of hinted that maybe the entire first season will largely play out as you know the antagonistic relationship between the beginning of the antagonistic relationship between Lestat and Armand as he becomes a vampire and then has his battles with the um, the children under the uh, the cemeteries. Um, I think that that. If that is your is going to be your main antagonist, it would be really compelling to see this sort of. Even though Lestat is young, he's seasoned. He's been hardened in a lot of ways because of his uh, mortal life, and then he goes through this incredibly traumatic incident um, with Magnus, 
And, you know, he's sort of seen it all. He's a little bit world weary. And yet he's confronted with a vampire that's much more powerful than him and much more ancient than he is. And yet he looks like a child. You know, right. he looks like a boy. I think that can be very compelling. Um, you know, so if they can find an actor that's capable of it. Uh, I, I think about uh, Milo Ventimiglia, say, I don't know, 10 years ago or so. Like right. he's a little old for it now, clearly. But like that's the style actor that I think could be really, really cool in that. I am so excited, though, to begin to hear names and news as this goes on. And I'm really trying to keep, I, I'm trying not to put any, any hopes for myself out there so that I will be a blank slate for the series. I just, I want them to build these roles in my mind now. You know, I have what I've lived with for uh, 20 some odd years as I've read these books, but I, I want new layers put on top of that. Just like, I, th- I feel like the Lord of the Rings movies nailed it. I want this series to nail it in that same way. Absolutely. No, I agree with that 100%. This is something that, these are books that I that I loved in the same sort of way. I loved Lord of the freaking rings. And, and I think that that's, you know, like Peter Jackson, totally for me, that was a home run. Like Lord of the Rings was amazing. And I definitely have that hope in my heart with this. But I also think that we can't get too ahead of ourselves with casting as far as like things we want, because good Lord, we don't even really know a timeframe here for a production schedule yet. You know, um, I mean, we could be, we could be two years out of production still. Yeah, and I and again, that's one of those things I worry about. Like, I hope the momentum doesn't stall. You know, she's continuing uh, clearly to to pump out uh, books. There's going to be another uh, Lestat book soon. Uh, she's got another Mummy book coming out. We're going to be talking about that in the next episode, I think, in our news section. So, lots of of stuff is happening on the literature side. But I I do hope. They can go ahead and find a partner pretty soon, and then that 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 TV partner says not to rush things, but like yeah, we want to get into this business soon because yeah. there's such a big story to tell. There's such a big opportunity here to build a giant fan base uh, on the TV side. I think so. I I mean I think this has every bit the potential to be as big a series as Game of Thrones or Walking Dead or or any of those. You know, to think of True Blood, the top True Blood numbers at the end of their series. This is a better series than that. Oh, this is better so, writing. Yeah, for sure. Well, much this better. Yes. Much much better writing than than True Blood was. And I think that, I mean, vampires are always cool, hip, and popular. You know what I mean? Even when they're really written poorly. <laughs> you know, I think about when I was a teaching artist at the Children's Theater here in town, and all the, I was Harry Potter was finishing up, and I had obviously read Harry Potter and was super into it with all the kids, and they were like, are you going to read Twilight? And I was like, no, <laughs> no, 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 not going to touch Twilight because I've done, I've done, I've done vampires and I did them right the first time. So I don't need your Twilight nonsense. But I do think that that, like that whole, that whole age group has grown up now and is probably ready for some real vampire storytelling. You know what I mean? I just think that the, the, the audience is there. I just, I feel that in my heart. I really do. Absolutely. All right, Ashley, let's wrap up today's episode. Let's tell you about what the schedule is going to be for the next couple of episodes. Here's what you can expect. Uh, the next time you hear from us, it'll be to discuss the original novel, the novel that started it all. We're going to talk about Interview with the Vampire. Then we'll discuss uh, the uh, movie Interview with the Vampire, and then we'll move on through uh, the book series and the movies. We're going to have some special episodes sprinkled in, but that'll give you a taste. The next two episodes will be about the book and then the film itself. 
myself interview with the vampire that's coming up for you here in the feed. Subscribe to us in iTunes. Uh, you can rate and review the show. That's a big help if you're into that sort of thing. The biggest thing that you could do is share it with friends. If you know people who love these books, who love the movies, who want to love the TV show when it comes out, we'd love to have them on board too. And then join us on Facebook, Articulate Coven. Search for that and you can join the group right now. Or you can email us, articulatecoven at gmail.com. We got a, a, a tweeter too, uh, Ashley, if you're one of those uh, tweet peoples. Um, you can join us at Articulate Coven there. You got anything else to add before we wrap up wrap no, up today? I'm just super excited. I know that as this goes along, we're really going to need to talk about things. So we're here for you when you need to talk. <laughs> Absolutely. That's right. We are here for you when we need to talk. We've got our tape recorder in front of us, and I've got uh, bags and bags of uh, little mini cassettes that I can switch out so our conversation (laughs) can go on as long as it needs to. All right. Until the next time we talk to you, we have been your hosts. I'm Joel. I'm Ashley. And this is Articulate Cover. Thanks for listening to the Articulate Coven. You can join our community on Facebook by following the links in the show notes or searching for Articulate Coven on Facebook. You can subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at ArticulateCoven.com and share us with your Anne Rice-loving friends. <laughs>